welcome to Dowdy, a podcast where we talk about the concept of bravery or braveness. You can pick a word, you'll soon find out which one is my favorite. Third episode, finally. Someone who knows better than me about podcasts suggested I launched three episodes on like my launching date. And that made sense to me when I got told that. But that was before I realized I would have to edit all the episodes. And we've established I'm a procrastinator. So I left everything to the last minute. I spent the last few days just listening to my voice over and over and over again. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's not fun. Which we'll probably find out by listening to my podcast. I've learned a lot about the way I speak. The language clutches I use when thinking, the things I, I say wrong, it's enlightening. I also seem to not be able to finish sentences. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> you tell me. And I literally get so focused on the person I'm talking to and what they have to say that I forget I have things to say as well. So much left unsaid. And, like, sometimes I also end up coming up with questions that don't make any sense. But I'm, I'm sure they did in my head before I said it out loud. I guess I'll get better at chatting to people uh, by doing this podcast. I don't know. Let's see. In the meantime, I do hope you enjoy what I'm putting out and the conversations I'm having with, like, so many cool people. I feel like I've done enough gushing over today's guest, so I will just jump in and let Monica Gaga introduce herself. Hello, my name is Monica Gaga. I'm an improviser. I'm a performer, um, a facilitator, a youth worker, and I'm happy to be here also. If you're listening and you care what I look like, I've got a good heart, <laughs> but I'm also uh, a female identifying black queer woman. So hello. <laughs> That's like a great introduction. And I think the, the other thing I'd say about you is that you're like an example of joy and energy, almost contagious, oh. which is like you shouldn't be saying the word contagious right now. <laughs> but I think if anything, people will be happy to catch is joy and energy. So yeah, I, I, I'll put that on you because I think you are an example of joy and energy. That is beautiful. So if anyone's listening and they want to catch what I've got, it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we can go like straight into the podcast theme which is bravery Ooh. and I'll ask you to define how you define bravery I like I don't like the word bravery myself okay. and I've been uh, I've been saying braveness instead of bravery and I know it's grammatically incorrect but bravery has like connotations like I don't know what to do with war and whatever that I don't like so whatever oh. you want to the word you want to define but yeah, how would you define bravery or braveness or courage? I love the way because oh, words matter so much, and like words were made like ages ago, like so so long ago from somebody else. So if you want to change it, yeah, let's let's totally change it. This is not an exam. Um, so when I think of courage, when I think of uh bravery, I think of knowing the risks or sometimes being unaware of the risks but doing it anyway. I feel like it's putting in one point is putting yourself before others and another point it's about unashamedly being yourself and lastly I would say it's about doing something different and not truly knowing the outcome that's, that's great I think that that last little bit is great 
because yeah, like I struggle. The the reason this podcast started and has this theme is that sometimes people tell me I'm brave and I struggle with that definition because I, I I don't know. I don't think I am. <laughs> but that that uh, last bit, yeah, that I can identify with. So I guess that's a a cool way of defining it. I think uh, yeah, I think well, bravery. I suppose usually p- people put it forward. It's a a, a positive uh, thing. But sometimes I feel like depending on who those people are that are saying it to you, it can be quite loaded as well, isn't it? Like, oh, you're so brave. You know, when people use great words and they turn it against you, like, oh, you're so brave to do that or wear that thing. You'd be like, uh, just being myself. <laughs> Actually, like just you've talked about wearing that. I, I'm just because I was I went to Portugal and I, I got stuck there. So I had clothes for like a week and I stayed for two months. <laughs> uh, so I went to like my stash of uh, clothes from when I was a teenager or like when I was a teenager I love it and I'm wearing one of those t-shirts because I brought it with me and it has like a little pig and it says uh, super pig or something like that and I remember a friend hated this t-shirt because I don't know uh, she thought it meant something else me wearing it as a bigger person who uh, meant something she didn't like. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's weird. It's uh, it also like I was brave of, for wearing this T-shirt. What, she what was are definitely you trying projecting. to say? She was definitely projecting on you. Yes. <laughs> I asked you to think about a moment in your life where you think you have been brave or at least been like really out of her comfort zone. Have you thought about it? Yes, I have. Yes. Should I should I just go in and share? Yeah. What, what tell me first, like more or less, what about what it is? Uh, okay. In which area of life? Um, about just being yourself. Okay, cool. I suppose I could have when I uh, thought of it, I could like dig into trauma and things like that. But then I was like, oh, actually, I feel like taking ownership of my body and what I wear and disregarding people's expectations of who they think I should be or how I should act. I see it for me was an act of bravery. And obviously that doesn't disregard like this. It's all relative, isn't it? Of other things that people have gone through. Like some people are just like, uh, I lived through the Syria, like through a war or something like that. Or I lived in Aleppo. <laughs> but, but like for me, I felt like for me, that was initially bravery. And now it's just like, oh, actually it's a, a human right that everyone should have that they can be themselves to get to the point where I could wear things that were for me and not for other people was initially, like I said before, like I felt like, oh, that's a really brave thing. And now I'm just like, oh no, it's actually a human right that we should all have. And the reason I thought, Do you know, I am going to bring it up because I want to talk about the fact that there are, there are a lot of things that we say, oh, that's really, really brave. But really society and the world should make it a safe space where it actually isn't bravery it's just another day <laughs> i totally agree with you and I, i for people who don't know you i think you like i every time i think of you i think you have like a great style you uh, i love oh, the clothes you wear you s- usually have like a statement uh, in your clothing and like in your earrings and it's always <laughs> so great uh, but i totally get that and i like and i relate to that a lot i feel like i've changed the way i dress so many times in my life mm. and a lot to do with feeling like I shouldn't wear this or I shouldn't wear that mm. and not necessarily what I wanted to wear. And I'm sometimes angry at uh, the experiences that past me went through because what a waste of time. What a waste of time that um, I, I can only speak for myself of past Monica, all the things that she worried about, all the, all the stuff that she put time into and it wasn't for her. And really, like, it, that was just getting me off track and I needed to keep my, like, eye on the prize. And the eye on the prize is just, like, being yourself. 
and finding your path instead of just being distracted by, oh, should you be wearing this or should you be doing this? Yeah, and it's, I think like getting to know yourself is su- such a hard thing in itself anyway. So when you put mm. boundaries to that, like what you wear or how you should behave mm. because of what people tell you, uh, it's like so so loaded, so much to talk about in that. <laughs> how did you get, com- was it like, Was it a conscious decision that you should get comfortable with however you wanted to dress? Did someone help you out in achieve to in getting to that place? Um, it definitely wasn't. It definitely I remember growing up and there being lots of instances where I felt uncomfortable, like I didn't fit in. And a lot of instances where I just wanted to I wish that I could have just blended a little bit more into the background. But when who you are It's got a lot of differences to the other people around you. It's harder to just blend in because you stand out for being different. Um, and at the time, that's something that I associated with not being good because things that are good are things that I see and it's the type of people that I see and I wasn't seeing people like me. So I'm just like, oh, this must not be right then because I can see what's right and that's everyone else and what's me is wrong. But being in certain situations and not feeling great or being in my home and feeling great and then walking out Like, for example, um, going into town um, and I hadn't been like into town, like in clothes shopping for a while and going in there, going to a um, a girl's uh, clothing retail store and looking at everyone else and then realizing, oh, there's a problem with what I'm wearing or the way that I am. And then instantly going from being like, hey, I'm just living my life and walking to going, oh, what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> and you need to maybe sort this out because you don't look like the clothes on there. You don't look like the mannequins and you don't look like the people in the shop or like uh, working in the shop at all. So I remember just like, just lots of times, or even like being at ballet and just thinking like, oh, my body's not like that. And being like, oh, this is wrong. And this is not like uh, the body of like how the other girls are, or just like so many different instances. And as I got older, I was I still found myself in situations like that and found myself dressing for other people and putting things on for other people. And at the time I might have not really been aware of it, but maybe on some unconscious level I was that like, oh, what I wore to a party or or what I wore to school was what other people would um, feel is acceptable for me to wear as well. And then you have that comfort, I know everyone doesn't, so I'm privileged to, but I have that comfort of home of feeling like, oh, I can try this on and try that on. And then feeling really great. And then thinking, oh, but I can't wear this outside. Or someone will give a really throwaway comment and I'll be like, oh, this is, oh, that's nice, but maybe you should wear this because it's a little bit more slimming. Or, oh, we can have something maybe that covers your belly. And then I think I got to a point where I was just so angry that I went, no. And you know when people say something really nice and they're like, oh, maybe you should wear this. And I got to the point like, no, this is actually what I'm going to wear. I feel good in this. And I want to take the feeling that I have when I'm on my own <laughs> wearing a certain thing or doing a thing. I've decided that's not going to stay within the bubble of just me alone. I'm going to take that out into the world. And I just decided to go, well, actually, I'm going to wear what I'm going to wear things for me. And then it then for me, that's when I've started to feel, oh, well, actually, when I stop worrying about what other people can think, I can actually focus on like myself and on growth as well. Mm-hmm. Because gosh, I used to do some unhealthy things. Like it'd be really hot and I wouldn't wear a sleeveless top because my arms are too flabby. 
that was like, that's an incorrect thing because I can wear whatever I want and it's really hot. As if I'm doing some kind of public service by wearing a top <laughs> over my arms. Um, and then I got to a point where I was just like, no, I've decided I'm not going to. And obviously the world, not obviously, but the world had a few things to say about that. But I decided that actually when people did say something about it, I would say something back because I'm me. So you can go jog on because I'm just doing me. <laughs> yeah, I've been wearing like, I like wearing short shorts because mm. it's hot and your legs need to go to be out but I, I remember not wearing them as like I was uh, thinner and uh, I wouldn't wear them because <laughs> no my thighs are thick <clears throat> I can't show them so such things we put on ourselves or like other people mm. put on ourselves that are um, definitely yeah do you think as a as someone who has like um, a public persona you host shows you are out there on stage do you think it's important for you to be so confident in yourself and in the way you dress uh confidently to show other people that they can do that as well i think there is an element of as i got older i realized that actually you've got to do you but be mindful that people look like you don't know who's watching so and especially because i'm like i'm a youth worker as well i'm like i'm like well actually i kind of want to be practice what i preach as much as i can because no one's perfect but i want to be the kind of person i think i am <laughs> or i think i want to be so I do feel like, oh, actually, being myself is the best thing I could do for me and actually for everyone else. Because especially when you go on stage, if you're feeling uncomfortable, you are definitely translating that to the audience. And then the audience feel, feels uncomfortable. And you don't come to a show to... You come to a show to feel something. But usually the kind of shows that I'm doing, it's not to make you feel uncomfortable, especially when I'm hosting. It makes you feel relaxed and be like, I'm excited be excited with me too <laughs> yeah i feel it is and like yeah like you can enjoy it do you think uh i i don't know how old you are i always think everyone is my age but do you think <laughs> me too uh, yeah. unless you look like much much younger like you're a child yeah or much much older i'm just like everyone's around my age right yeah, I, I, I always think that but in any way whatever age you are do, do you feel <laughs> like uh, th uh, things change do you think people react to to how other people are dressed in different ways? Or do you think that you're the only person who changed the way you relate to I think that? maybe just in general, as you get older, you become, you, you oh, so, well, sometimes as you get older, you start to think, oh, actually, like, being me is like, I'm the only person I can be. <laughs> so I might as well just get on with it and relax into being me. Well, I hope people find that opportunity as early as they can in their life. But for me, as I got older, I've realized that, oh, actually, I can only just be me. But I do feel like no matter what age we live in, there's going to be a, a set of expectations of how people should be and how they shouldn't be. And that's always like you have those social pressures of like to get it right. So in the past, it might have been a certain thing. And even now, I feel like some people are pressured into being like, well, actually, you should be confident. And sometimes confidence, sometimes people frame it in the fact of like, you should be loud. Um, you should wear what you want to wear. And wearing what you want to wear means wearing things that are really bold and out there. And you've got to be like so confident. But uh, and that is not be so confident. That is confidence. When I'm thinking, well, actually, maybe 
some people have the old sensibilities of pressures of how you should look and how you shouldn't look. But then some people have this modern set of sensibilities of like, oh, in order to be this, you should be like that. So what if you just really just love wearing joggers all the time? Like, it's not the fact that you're not being you or, oh, you'd look so nice if you wore a little bit of colour. It's just like, well, actually, this is me. I just want or to like, be dressed in black all the time and just be in a corner. And exactly. Me. Sometimes you just want to be like, like I'm, yeah. I'm okay, but like, I'm, maybe you want to be the kind of person that like, actually, I'm a watcher. Like, I'm, I'm having a great time. But like, I don't need to be 100%. You don't have to push me in there to be like, oh, put yourself forward. Be like, when I need to, I will. <laughs> Is there like any experience where you felt like really, really uncomfortable because of the way people were engaging with you because of the way you were dressed? Or... I suppose it'd be multiple times. I think of when, oh, when you wear something a little bit different and people go, oh, that looks so nice. You, you should do that more often. Especially when, like, I remember being working at uh, one of the pubs I used to work at when I was younger. And I think we had, it was, it was an 80s place, but I think it was some kind of costume thing. But I was dressed in a way that wasn't just like, this is not the way, like, I want to dress. But like, hey, I'm dressing up. People were like, oh, you should wear it like, you should wear, like, you should dress like that more often. I'm thinking, oh, great. So everything I was wearing before wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> or... Being on a, I remember it was, oh, it was a New Year's Eve at another bar I was working. And I remember like having an outfit on and feeling just like so, so great. It was actually quite a short, I think it was a short dress or skirt. But I remember I had like my legs out and I remember a couple sitting a little bit away from me and they thought I couldn't hear them, but I could. Well, it was the gentleman that was speaking going, oh my gosh, look at, uh, look at the thighs on that. Or something around that. And just feeling just so... Like, I you know when you walk up the house and you feel so great. And then someone just tears you down. And just feeling really just like, oh. And then I was just... I, I felt that of like feeling uncomfortable. And that, that um, shroud of shame, as I like to call it, go over me. And then I decided like, no, I'm not going to put the shroud of shame on. I'm not going to cover up who I am. And I turned around uh, to him and said, oh, actually, I can hear what you're saying. And like, there's no need for you to comment on me. And what you're saying is really unkind. <laughs> um, and I wasn't, I didn't give him like loads of attitude. I literally just said it. it was just like, pretty much in a way, I was just like, can you just be nice to me? <laughs> Because I'm just living my life. He didn't say a word. He looked absolutely mortified that I uh, um, had heard and his partner did not say anything um, at all. But I was just like, oh, why have you got to go ruin my, my day? I, I love that. I love that you spoke out. And I, I guess like a lot of times when people do say something, they may think that you're not listening or something mm. it happens to me a lot because i speak more than one language <laughs> and if i'm in the uk people will be speaking portuguese or italian or whatever and if they are speaking about me i will always will go there and say hey i can understand you and there's <laughs> like ah, and they're mortified yes. my partner speaks a couple of languages as well and it's just like when they're and then when they twig they're like oh that person knows and they're just like uh yes i i love that that's i think that's the main reason i learned languages just to <laughs> understand everyone <laughs> i remember what i was going to ask you before and it's like uh, you're a performer and you say you're a youth worker and you worked in pubs i don't i actually don't know how youth work works but i don't know if th those are places or kinds of jo jobs where you have like a dress code Have you ever worked in a place where there was like a strict dress code, um, like an office? Oh, so I suppose, well, we used to have an office, but now we're actually all working from home forever now, actually, it, with my work. 
So obviously, like school had a dress code, and I work when I worked in the pub. It had a, not a very strict dress code, and even I'm a youth worker. We don't have a particular uniform unless we're doing like a branded event. So really, I can wear anything I want as long as it's appropriate for the situation. But what I think is appropriate is obviously <laughs> it's up to inter- when people say like you got to dress appropriately. It's up for interpretation unless you're like appropriate is these a certain set of things. So I've no, actually I haven't been like yeah being forced to wear any anything really because I think about that a lot because uh, here I guess everywhere like when you're a kid and you go to school everywhere where has like a uniform I think from what I see around me I don't know if there's oh, any school that doesn't have a uniform we don't have uniforms in Portugal unless it's a very specific school and there's something to say about that that I think is positive and negative in both mm. uh, situations because when you have a uniform everyone dresses the same so there's no judgment of oh you're dressing in a different way or whatever and I remember like when I went to school uh, people used to comment on whether you were wearing a um, branded pair of trousers or not and what that meant about you and whatever so well, I guess we, that's, we, that's... I, when I was going to school we still found a way of doing that though even though you have a uniform you know those little like you could some schools but our school was but not every school you could have your own shoes and you can have your own bag so still people could be like oh my gosh why are you wearing those shoes or what why have you got that bag so you can children still always find a way yeah yeah <laughs> so annoying <laughs> there's nothing positive about uniforms either as well because uh, i was going to say that the positive thing about not having a, a uniform is that you can experiment with how you dress in public more in a way although you have weekends and out of school time where you yeah. can do that as well right but i suppose it's nice to like um start to build up your like identity and the things that you like to uh wear and not wear i suppose if you have that that freedom yeah obviously if you're wearing a uniform you don't have yeah. it so much it's also like weird for i think kids won't experiment as much because their parents buy their clothes right so there's a little bit of a, um, a thing there Something else I wanted to ask you about is how the male gaze influenced the way you you changed the way you dressed or you if it has influenced. Oh my god! I'm, I'm thinking about my own experience, uh, so I'm projecting myself onto you. Do but... it, do it. Is this the kind of podcast where I could ask you about your experience? Or yes, it... of course. Go for it. Or, or would you like me to speak first? I'm. You're I, in I can I can go because uh, I feel like I developed early. Oh gosh, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. So I had boobs as a twelve. 13 year old and I remember mm. having like men shouting like there's an experience of a, a man inside the car with his wife and his kids who, sh- who shouted something at me and I was like my, my thing was you're like your wife and your kids are in the car with you what uh, <laughs> wow but I do feel like that influenced the way I dressed not that particular uh, situation but a lot of them together because like I started uh, wearing more uh, less cleavages and short skirts and stuff like that mm. because of that so that's my experience and it took me a while I think only when I yeah and then there's also like the the difference between living in Portugal or here for instance is because Portugal is more of a as more of a macho culture than here so there's way more catcalling and stuff like that so moving here also changed the way I felt comfortable dressing outside Mm. so that's why I'm asking you the male gaze question and also it's it's so difficult because sometimes we use uh clothes as a form of uh, armor and protection isn't it for the fact that we need to protect us ourselves which is just so sad because well really just don't be a predator exactly <laughs> we don't need to reduce our cleavages you just need to stop 
harassing people. Stop <laughs> shouting at 13-year-old yeah. girls if you're family in the car. I remember I also developed very early and I was just like, oh, why do I look like this weirdo? Well, I just had like, oh, okay, actually I had the body of a woman a little bit earlier. I remember um, in primary school, in I think it, yeah, it was year six because we yeah, the year sixes weren't in the main building. They had like the year six hut, which pretty much were those kind of like porter cabins on a little bit of uh, legs outside because we were the older ones. But I was still in primary school, so I'm about 10 or 11. Um, and at that time, we used to... We used to still get changed for PE, everyone, everyone in the same room. So it doesn't matter what gender you are. And I remember like some of the boys like looking over and just being like, like talking about my body because like I didn't have the body of like the other um, uh, kids in my year. So I remember what I used to do was I'd put a t-shirt, no matter what the weather was, I'd have a t-shirt underneath my shirt. So whenever I took off my top, I never actually had to take off my top and have like a vest on or whatever. So I always had something underneath. But it was actually quite strange that we like, yeah, we wasn't allowed any privacy. Yeah, I'm very surprised with that because I think since since primary, since I'm five, we will uh, dress in separate. Do you know, the uh, more places. I say this, like I'll take it even back a little bit further. I remember when I was in primary school, but a little bit younger, we used to do our PE in our underwear. So it was. Did, did you do this? No. <laughs> So like I think I can't remember what year it was, but like it was it was primary school, and if, when you get ready for um, PE, you didn't have a PE kit unless you got a little bit older. You literally just took off your clothes and you'd have you'd run around in your pants and your um, vest, and then like some days some people would forget a vest, so they would just be running around in their pants. And this was this was PE. <laughs> That's funny. I'm not, like I've just saw like a paparazzi photo of Shia LaBeouf where he was jogging in his underwear. So I guess some oh. people kept that too long. I know they kept going. But now I'm just like, why would children just running? And I know, yeah, we still were children. Just running around in pretty much a public space indoors, but still a public space because we're at school, just in our underwear. And I actually remember, um, he, he's, well, actually, I'm not going to say his full name, actually. I do remember his full name from primary school. But he came from a new primary school and the teacher said to us, right, take off your clothes for PE. We all un- understood that means take off your clothes and be in your, just your underwear. He took off all of his clothes, which as a child, I was just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but as an adult, I'm just like, wow. An adult tells you to take off all of your clothes and without question, you take off all of them. That is that is a warning, a red, yes. red flag. <laughs> but still, we shouldn't have been running around in our underwear. But also, I think when you speak about the male gaze, I, which is interesting because I, do identify as queer, but I spent a lot of my life dressing for the male gaze, dressing in a way that I would think is appealing to males yeah. of any age, which is problematic within itself when you are still just a child. But I did put myself in a category of actually, well, my either like the youthfulness of me or like my value is um, in the hands of others. So as good as I look to the opposite sex, is it as good as I am? Because the people that are good, the people that are popular, the people that are beautiful are wanted by the opposite sex. So if I want to be that, I need to dress in a certain way to be like, oh, what would look nice to them? Which is interesting because um, I'm now with a woman. <laughs> so I'm just like bothered. <laughs> and it's also interesting in another like way that is a bit like mind fuckery as well. Because you do like, you, you do dress to, to like in, in the, that way you were saying to be attractive to the opposite sex even like i'm queer as well so yeah <laughs> but also you dress in ways to protect yourself from 
the aggression of the opposite sex sometimes. So it's such like uh, I'm, I'm just having like an epiphany. It's probably our our heads must have been like, what? How should I wear? Exactly. Should I it's wear? like should I wear to attract them or to protect myself from them? It's it's like uh, I definitely and I feel like there's a lot of outside sources putting this pressure on me slash me just kind of interpret interpreting what has been put out there by the media and other people of like this is what I have to do of just like oh don't dress in a certain way but do dress in a certain way but it's a really fine line so you've got to make sure that you you you, you get it right um and I felt like when it was very freeing when I got to the point as I said before when I was just like oh actually you're not dressing for the opposite sex the same sex you're not dressing to attract others really you're dressing for yourself and what makes you feel good or makes you feel comfortable and actually everyone else just has to just deal with that because they need to just control themselves because like you just need to do you at the end of the day yeah, i agree with that completely and it's such a it's such it's something i think we should teach kids in a way because mm. kids in our family we should be giving them their that example which i think yeah about what do you feel is. comfortable oh you can't wear that because what will people think of you or don't do or don't do this or please just put on a dress and just actually we're just putting these like gender stereotypes on on our children or we're putting actually the things that we've experienced or the things that we just try to that have been normalized for us and we're just pushing that on our on our children and at the end of the day as long as they've got clothes on like can't they just carry on and focus on something else and it's also <laughs> like uh i don't think you need to like to choose something uh, i'm thinking about makeup uh and how my mom would used to tell me like ah, you're getting older so you have to wear my makeup and i will try makeup on and like i started wearing makeup as a regular thing and now i don't but i still like to wear makeup sometimes because i feel more I feel like I want to. I feel more playful. I want to try mm. something on. But it's not like something I have to do every day. The same with shaving and whatever. Like if I feel like it, I can do it. It's not like I don't have to do it. So even with clothing, if maybe you love dresses and you have a, put on a dress every day. But like oh, today I'm just feeling like a pair of trousers. You don't have to make like definitive choices with the way you present yourself. Exactly. And I, I definitely also see this as a form of like oppression. Because you're like, oh actually, you're telling me that I'm not good enough unless I buy the thing that you're saying um, and like adhere to the western beauty standards or you're encouraging me to waste time on things I do not actually really want to if you want to if you want to spend your time waxing that's great but then if you don't want to spend your time waxing but you feel like you need to because oh my gosh shock horror if you have any hair anywhere of course it's fine if males have hair but like if you dare to just be yourself and grow the way things grow naturally like oh you're letting yourself go and really like um, you're trying to fill up our time with all these things that we don't necessarily need or necessarily want so we're taking our eyes and I keep saying this off the prize when really actually you're just trying to pull me back from success and it goes in from also like the the stereotypes people put on everything of just like oh if you're if you look a certain way you are a certain way so I think there's a big thing on the fact of obviously like if you wash like if you go up in the morning wash put on clean clothes it does make you feel good that I will be like yes but like the fact that you have to look a certain way to be seen as valid 
Like, for example, if you're a woman in the office, if you are, for example, wearing clothes that people deem as flattering, you put on some uh, uh, makeup, you're wearing um, shoes that maybe have a little bit of a heel, it's showing, oh, actually, this is the way a woman of success dresses, like dressing for success. And while really you're thinking, well, actually, if you're saying people have got to look a certain way in order to succeed in certain um, uh, avenues or certain uh, careers, what if someone doesn't look that way? Way. What if someone is uh, um, someone is like plus size, and you go, "Oh, actually, you don't look like success, so you can't be success, even though you might have all that information." Or you've got someone that, like, um, it would be kind of just like society would say is just like by the standards that we have for beauty are really attractive, and you go, "Well, oh, I'm sorry, you can't be attractive and also intelligent." So if you spend time putting on makeup, you oh, you can't be a biochemist because like bio chemists don't put on makeup you're like talking about my not my experience personally but i i am a biochemist mm. and i i remember one of my uh, colleagues who was super intelligent and today she has like a postdoc and works in uh, she's working in like coronavirus stuff right now but like she wear really nice clothes heels mm. a lot of makeup and she was told in an interview that we're not sure about you your curriculum is great you have like you have published articles but do you really like science because you you look so so nice <laughs> what oh, for goodness sake it's we, we've literally we love to pigeonhole people and it's really it's holding everyone back because just because you look as like you don't have to look a certain way in order to be successful in a certain thing and the quicker we get this away the quicker one we can help get the best people into jobs the quicker we can help other people succeed because you're like, oh, you don't look like success so you can't be success. No, because you're not giving anyone um, uh, a chance. And and I like to also speak about business. Also, even if you don't care about people, good business means you want the best person possible in the role. And if you can just take away like the best person looks a certain way, then you're going to, you're going to be making more money because you're going to get the best person. You're not going to go, oh, but would they wear that? Uh, take that away let's go for actually what and do you need and i think need? like also like in from a, an individual perspective the most the more comfortable you are in yourself and and that means the way you are dressed and whatever mm. the more productive you will be because you exactly. won't have other distractions in your mind exactly yeah, exactly let's let's start that let's i know it's like when you go to an interview <laughs> and you dress the way you you dress for the job you want to have but then when you dress really uncomfortable and then you're like it's distracting because like, like i've done it before you put that dress on and you're like oh but why am i wearing that and then you and you're like oh but I, and it's really it's not you fine like obviously you've got to dress appropriately but like what yeah, do you, you feel comfortable with go like to an interview in a bikini but that, yes of that's like yeah extreme right so yeah you, you've mentioned you are queer how do you feel uh, and again i'm going to put my experience on you i feel like there's a lot of expectations as well in queer spaces or oh, lesbian spaces or whatever that you have to be a certain way that you have to look a certain way to be to belong have you ever felt that oh yeah i definitely always just don't, didn't feel queer for a really long time and I think that's why I didn't I wasn't so out and I definitely wasn't out to my family because every time I kind of try to get get out of the closet even though I'm not a big fan of that term because I've always been queer like I was born queer so it makes I, I'm not coming out I've always been here <laughs> you just wasn't <Yeah>. seeing me <laughs> I 
I didn't fit into that box of someone that would necessarily look like a queer, fit uh, queer identifying female. So a lot of the time, people would be like, "Oh, you might you're doing it for attention," or but really, because you don't look you don't look like you're queer. And then also even just like attracting a partner because like just navigating that of just being like, hey, this, I really like this person. And then you've got the added um, layer, which really everyone has, but unfortunately society, we just assume that everyone's heterosexual unless told otherwise. And I'm definitely guilty of that, of, of then going, oh, actually I find you attracted. I feel like we've got a vibe here, but are you also queer as well? And then if you don't have the stereotypical that, well, what society has said, what looks like, someone that is queer you're like oh I don't even fit in this space or I remember going to G.A.Y. and being turned away because well one I couldn't find any like queer spaces for <laughs> females at that time but also them going oh no because you're not we don't want too many like tourists in here they say they want people that are like heterosexual just coming in here because then all the queers will stay away yeah. <laughs> it's so tricky because I, I don't feel um super welcome in a lot of queer spaces I think now it's it's becoming a little different but yeah i felt mm. for a long time as well that i didn't fit in uh because i don't look necessarily queer which is uh, a weird thing to say because wh- how does a queer person look like well people have people have these well people have very clear uh, clear ideas of queer and if you don't fit into that it literally blows their mind it's the same thing when um someone can't really put where like your ethnicity if they can't put their finger on where you're from it really just like messes with them so so much so yes I, I feel like yeah I feel like that's difficult in that way but I'm just like well I've got to a point of just like well I am yeah <laughs> and even if I was with if I even if I wasn't with a female I would still be queer like exactly I'm queer every day <laughs> all day every day <laughs> and also like if we normalize just asking right if we, if we normalize consent which I think think it's again <laughs> another weird thing to say consent should be the norm we shouldn't need to normalize it but if we do normalize consent it's like even going up to a heterosexual woman and saying hey i think i think you're attractive are you into me no okay cool thank you yeah it will be cool <laughs> but we always we feel like and i feel the same right mm, should i go up to this person because they may not be cool. and also i think That's for fine. me um and maybe for a few others that it's, it's, it's a sense of um do i feel safe as well because you want to make sure that you're you're in a safe space because you think oh actually if i was to show truly who i am i'm not sure if i would be protected in this space and people might find it in work as well where you don't deny who you are but you just don't broadcast it yeah. and you lose a lot use a lot of coded language and you let people just sit in their assumptions it's not the case that you have to tell everyone about who you are but sometimes i use it as kind of like a a, a, a cloak of like oh how can i feel safe here and feeling safe might be, I might be with my partner walking down the street, but we're not going to hold hands. Even though my first reaction might be, oh, I just want to hold your hand. I'll go, no, you need to ignore that because you might not be safe here. And that makes me really, really effing sad. Yeah, that is very sad. <laughs> I was just, uh, this morning, I was looking into, like, on YouTube on some documentaries about Pilari, I think that's the word, which was the language, the code language of gay men in the 60s and 70s. Oh, and it's like a mix of um, rhyming slang, backwards slang, backwards rhyming slang, I don't know, Romani and Italian. And it's so interesting because th- something like bona dish would mean nice ass <laughs> and no one would understand them. So cool. And it, yeah, as a form of kind of like. Rev- revolt and about like anti like uh 
whatever the system being like, hey, I'm going to be yeah. who I am in and the public. Yeah, <laughs> and they could be who they were in public and not be afraid of because mm. uh, it was a crime, right? So, yeah. That oh, way, gosh. No and in our not... lifetime as well. Yes. In our lifetime, it was a crime. It like, literally blows my mind and makes me very sad and angry at the same yeah. time. <laughs> it's, it's getting better. It's, there's still a lot to do, but it's getting better. So I think like, yeah, mm. let's get sad, but also be positive and keep on mm. fighting. I don't know what I just said. It feels like I said some like a prepared uh, <laughs> a call to just, arms. Like, keep fighting and <laughs> yeah do it one of the uh, i think you probably didn't but one of the questions i will ask everyone is if after our conversation your idea of bravery has changed has my idea of bravery changed after this conversation and will you put yourself i think i like, always out of your comfort zone more yeah i think i'm always striving to like be a more authentic me and be like unapologetically taking up space but for me it's a lot of unlearning of behavior and it's something that I have to actively do so I have to actively like challenge myself to be like oh actually you are enough but it's something that I'm it's, it's still a process that I'm going through of just like feeling comfortable to be myself all day every day but has my I don't think my thoughts on bravery has changed yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's changed that and much. This is like a bit of a. I've I've asked this before. It's actually the third episode I'm recording, and every time I ask these people, oh, you should have told me before, because I will have thought about something. But I want like your initial thought about it, like to come out. Uh, uh, if you were to, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you were to pick someone as an example of bravery, either. A public figure, someone that's not public, but you know, uh, either a real character or a fictitious character. Who would you pick as an example of bravery? Every woman in my every um, woman in my family, like straight on. I know you said pick one person, but I don't care. <laughs> every woman in my family, I think, an act of bravery. My mum coming from another country, um, uh, and definitely not at the time um, when she was here with her child, not being um, welcome, being pretty much like, having support, but being pretty much alone and raising a child absolute bravery my grandmother um uh who is uh white lived in russia uh married my grandfather a black african from from ghana had a mixed um mixed heritage children in russia around like 50 years ago like absolute bravery of just being like oh actually like i'm just gonna do this like each one of like the people women in my life from my family like, are literally just absolute bravery i was just like do you know what against the odds my auntie came to this um uh, uh one of my aunties came to this country didn't know any english like she owns she owns like her own home has a has a great job has raised a great um uh, child my other auntie was lots of lots of trouble always always making um trouble now she's a probation officer like each one of them i'll be like yeah that's, so that's right that's, i don't, I don't mind exactly, about being impressed yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> what i'm looking for is examples that that's like i think the exact thing I was looking for, like great examples, and you show them by describing them. I actually I was reading uh, one of your interviews while preparing for this podcast, and uh, you said your grandmother was Russian, and I was yeah, it's like I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you for so long, and it's clearly I don't know a lot of things about you. <laughs> uh, still, I was going to say as well that like I feel like we haven't seen each other for over three months, right? Since I think the last time we. Even saw each longer. other was in France 
gig, Brent's gig. At oh yes, Vault. Uh, yeah. But I, I feel like I've been seeing you everywhere because you're popping up on my screen <laughs> all the time, which I, th it's amazing. I think it's great because I think you're great. So I'm always happy to see you striving. Uh, which brings yeah. me to the, is it the last thing? Yes, it's the last thing. If you have any plugs, yeah, the best thing to do is just go to my website www.monicagaga.com and then you'll find all things that are me. Follow me on the social medias. Have a look at my uh, Twitter. Have a look at my Insta. But then again, it's linked to my website and just see what I've got going on because some of the stuff I've got going on, you'll be like, ah, oh, interesting. And some of the stuff you'll be like, that's not for me. You are <laughs> doing so much because uh, you're doing stuff with Derek Smojo, with Do The Right Scene and uh, with Hell Yeah, just like the things I've I've been seeing pop up and I'm sure you're doing a lot more things because you're unstoppable. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like I am being quite a force of nature, but even nature needs that fellow, like it needs a time to just kind of just relax. And I'm, I am, I can see in the future, I'm putting in time for pause because that is a thing that I need to be striving for as well, of looking after me. Good. I think that's a great way to finish the podcast. Thank you so much <laughs> for agreeing to be my guest. Thank you for having me. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me at, at Mariana's Beats on Twitter and Instagram, where I'll post all the updates for the Dowdy podcast. Hashtag Dowdy Pod. Do rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're so inclined, you can tip me on coffee or PayPal at, at Mariana's Beats. And before I forget, again, thank you so much to Champagne for the intro music. And do come back for our next episode. Bye!